You're listening to Excellence Above Talent, a podcast where we have the hard conversations about the lives of men and what leads us to achieve greatness and suffer defeat. Hear from other men's journeys as well, as we all learn and grow together to become inspirations to ourselves and those around us. And now your host, Aaron Thomas. Thomas with excellence above talent. So this is going to be a tough but open and vulnerable conversation. Pastor Michael Todd has an analogy called HOT, H-O-T. And it stands for humble, open, and transparent. So, some of you know, and I guess a lot more will know, that I am going through a divorce. One of the, if not the toughest thing that I have ever experienced in my life. It's like grieving over someone who is dead but you see that person if not every day every other day and you talk and text you talk and text that person damn near every day so I'm going to dive into an issue that I think a lot of men have that we just don't talk about. And we make the assumption that we don't have to talk about it. So... One of the things that killed my marriage was my appetite for sex. And sometimes I think about where that appetite came from and why it wasn't fixed earlier. So a lot of you know that November, uh, I put on a post on my Facebook and Instagram that is no, not November. So for the month of November, you cannot masturbate, you cannot watch porn, you cannot lust. And the purpose of that is to... To see if you can get a clear head. uh, To see if you can control the urges to... To see if you, you can control the urges when the urges come up to not watch porn, to not masturbate, and to lust. Uh, Lusting to me is also a big thing where... You're looking at women and you're making all you're making an assumption that, you know, they want you or you're looking at them uh, objectively, uh, which is also creepy. But that also plays a role in uh, the use of pornography and masturbation, because if you're looking at someone uh, in a sexual way and then you go home, uh, those sexual feelings don't go anywhere. You you, you you still have those feelings and so uh, what you do with those feelings is you go to porn or masturbation or you know to your wife which is so messed up to uh, to alleviate those feelings and so I know for a fact that I struggled with 
with all those things. And then you couple that with alcohol. Um, then you just, you're just you're out of control. So, one thing I want everyone to understand is this is, this is an accountability podcast where I'm not blaming anything on anyone or any substance because at the end of the day, choices were made. And those choices were made by me. So I can't blame alcohol. I cannot blame porn. I cannot blame masturbation. I cannot blame lusting for why I did the things that I did. And essentially all my my relationships that I've ever been in. So I want to just have a discussion on how I got into this mindset of of sexual urges, of pornography, lusting, masturbation, uh, cheating. So at the age of 10... I was exposed to a pornographic calendar. It was a calendar where the uh, there was a lady on the front and her breast was exposed. And then from there, my imagination just took hold. Uh, in Crane, Texas, uh, I was also in a fifth grade when when I was exposed to to this image. And then I picked up on learning how to masturbate also in the fifth grade because my buddies kept walking around doing like the jack off sign. And I was like, okay, why are they doing that like so close to their thing? I was super sheltered uh growing up. We didn't talk about, you know, sex or porn or anything of that nature. And if we did, it was like, don't do it or you're going to go to hell. (laughs) So um, there wasn't a whole lot of conversations had at the house about this. And so if you don't teach your kids, someone else will. And, And in my case, it was the other kids at the school that taught me, you know, my first... Uh, my first encounter with, you know, things, anything sexual. And so I know that that day uh, I got in trouble because I flipped somebody off and my teacher saw me. And so when I got home, my mom sent me to my room. And in my room, I was like, man, I wonder, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just see what happens if, you know, I play with myself the way that, that my my buddy was, you know, acting out at school. And I I did it. And the feeling that I had um, afterwards, it was, you know, a feeling I've never felt before. Wasn't mature enough to, to understand that feeling. Um, and then for like the next, you know, two or three days, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't fall off because I was just like on it. And then after a while, this was without like magazines or, you know, porn or anything. It was just like me just doing it because it felt good. And after a while, you know, I wanted to see something in order for me to get hard, in order for me to masturbate. And so JCPenney catalogs were, were, was one thing, the, the bra and panty section, you know. My mom would get, you know, a magazine and I'd, you know, go into the bathroom and take care of business. And then we also had an analog TV. And if you... Push the dial to 
12, like right in between 12 and 13, there was always like a porno flick that was on. Like it would, it would, it would pop up every three seconds and then go away and pop up every three seconds and go away. Uh, and so, you know, if I couldn't, uh, there wasn't a magazine available, then that's something I would also try to do in order to, to get that fix that I, that I needed. Uh, and I would also wake up on Saturdays and <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny, but <laughs> they used to, uh, I don't, it was like the, uh, the Hispanic chamber or channel, my bad chamber, the Hispanic channel and they would have like music and girls dancing in bikinis. That's probably why I like Hispanic girls. Um, and so every Saturday, I'd, every Saturday I'd wake up, uh, you know, early to to get my fix uh, on on uh, on that. So I never. So from the age of ten, I, I never questioned my urges uh, I never you know tried to find out you know like why am I doing these things it was just something that I thought every boy did because when we went back to school every boy was talking about you know about some form of it or you know looking at girls or you know trying to get girlfriends and things of that nature um so my exposure started pretty pretty early, um, at the age of ten, and then for twenty five years I never questioned why I did what I did when it came to my sexual urges. If I felt it, then I would just you know do it, and I can honestly tell you that I have never been faithful to anybody that I've ever been with. Never. It was just something that, you know, I assumed was normal. Knowing that it wasn't, but also knowing that I didn't have the tools necessary to to stop myself. Or maybe I just didn't want to stop myself because, you know, I had an urge and I wanted to get it fixed. And so I, you know, if she wasn't around or if she, you know, wasn't, you know, trying to, then I would just go somewhere else and, and scratch that itch. Uh, and so, you know, 25 years is a long time to deal with, um, anything, especially when you're dealing with it and you don't really know why, uh, and then I started at the Crisis Center of West Texas uh, in 2017. And everything that I was doing, you know, they essentially, you know, was telling me, like, that's not what's supposed to be happening. That's not how you're supposed to be doing things. And I realized that, but I was still struggling. I still didn't—I still didn't know— how to stop it, right? And so you find yourself into a lot of predicaments and you find yourself into things that you shouldn't be in. And and I could I could have been in a lot of trouble. Um but I just think, you know, the grace of God and him wanted me to get this message out and talk to people about, uh, when I say people, especially men, about, you know, ways we can prevent this from happening. And so the crisis center really helped turn everything that I knew upside down. And so for people who don't know what the crisis center of West Texas is, it is a domestic violence and sexual assault uh nonprofit. And so we deal with people who have been in domestic violence situations as well as uh sexual assault. And we 
Uh, I say we, I'm not working there anymore. But when I did work there, um, and they still do provide shelter and counseling, legal services, case management, 24-hour hotline, uh, education. Um, And that education is kind of where I started to realize, like, what I have been doing essentially my whole life is wrong. And I started to do the work to try to figure out, you know, ways to combat it. But I went about it the wrong way because I tried to do it by myself in silence. I tried to essentially hide the fact that I was doing these things, that I was, you know, you know, watching porn, masturbating, that I was cheating on my wife, um, and I didn't speak out. I didn't ask for help because, one, I was embarrassed. How can you be a man that is doing the work and you're still doing, you know, things like this? And we know that majority of porn is uh, abusive. You you rarely see uh, porn that is just like, you know, a man and a woman having sex and they both get what they need and um, it's a sensual thing. It's, you know, you turn it on and it's just, you know, the dude is just going to town in every hole, you know, you know, slapping, spitting. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's sickening. And so, and I knew I knew it was, but I I couldn't stop. And then also, you know, in doing the work, you realize that a lot of the women that are in those videos, uh, they're being uh, sex trafficked, and so they don't have even a choice to to say no because they're on drugs or on alcohol, and they got them they got them pretty drugged up. And, you know, they're doing things and saying things and uh, and no one should, you know, no one should be going through any of those things that those women go through. But then you start to bring all those sick fantasies into your, your bedroom and you assume that that is what sex is. So no one ever taught me about sex. Let me rephrase that. No one who knew about sex taught me about sex. Uh, you know, porn taught me about sex. I had some cousins that, you know, they would, you know, talk to me about sex. Um, and so it was, it was, it was never a, something learned uh, in a positive, you know, way. It was always like, you know, hide it. Don't, don't tell anyone. Don't. Uh, don't show anyone like just don't don't be doing it and if you are doing it just hide it don't hide it from the parent hide it from your parents and uh, protect yourself from that and so essentially I have been on this struggle and the reason why I'm getting a divorce. It's because I initiated it. (laughs) Uh, The irony. I initiated it in the beginning because she couldn't do enough for me. And because she couldn't do enough for me, I told her I wanted a divorce. And she asked why. And I said, because of sex. And looking back at it, it was a a manipulation tactic that I think I was trying to use to try to make her have sex with me more. And if something that I have used or had used while in that relationship... And again, I'm also a facilitator for the batterer's intervention class. And so I know 
what abuse is. I know what abuse looks like. And I was being abusive mentally and emotionally. And that was also embarrassing because because I knew better. I was helping other men get their lives on track and helping other men's marriages. And I was. But I'm looking at mine and it's spiraling. And another tactic of abuse is blame. I never took the time to really look at myself. I always tried to blame her for why I did the things that I did. And it was never her. (laughs) It was never her. It was always me. And so... And doing the work and and looking at myself inwardly, I just realized that something had to change. In order for me to be the best version of me, I might not be able to salvage this relationship, this marriage, but the next one that I get into, it will be, the foundation will be set correctly. And there won't be, I won't go into it a quarter of a, of a man. Because I wasn't whole going into this last relationship. I was broken, lost, confused. And it showed, and I also hurt someone that I that I I still love, and did love. So I want to talk about ways you can. Stop this cycle if you're in a cycle of sex, porn, masturbation, other women, alcohol. And that was also those those were also my my vices when I was stressed or angry or mad or upset. I didn't have any healthy coping mechanisms. I didn't form any healthy coping mechanisms until I was, you know, in my 30s. And so anytime I was struggling in life, those were my outlets, alcohol, porn, sex, masturbation, other women. And those, man, I'm telling you, and lust. Uh, those those vices only create, they open up a portal of just chaos. And so most of my life I have lived in chaos. Not that I've wanted to live in chaos. It was just, that's all I knew. All I, that's all I knew was chaos. And so if there was there wasn't any chaos around me, then I would create it. And instead of going to, I am a Christian, so I believe in God. And instead of looking to him for strength and power and the guidance to help me through. 
I took it within my own self to handle the situations. And so essentially those were my gods for the last 25 years. I sprinkled God in there every now and then, especially when life got tough, uh, especially when I went to Iraq. Uh, God was a focal point in my life because I did not want to die. And so I would <laughs> I would read and pray and, you know, it was everything God whenever I needed him um, or whenever I was afraid. But when I got back to the States and what I should have done was call on him, I then caught on these idols, these gods that took away the pain for a temporary moment. But once that moment went away, that pain came back that that pain came back twice as much. And so essentially these were my idols for, you know, the last 25 years. If I had a rough day, that's just what I did. One one or the other or multiples of of one. And so um you know, after a while you can't keep up with that. After a while of all this chaos, you want to live a better life, but what does that look like if you've never seen it in your life ever? My mom and dad divorced at the age of 10. That was also a cycle I wanted to break. Clearly didn't break that one. I joined the Army when I was 17, went to Iraq, 18, 19. So... I had experienced war at a very young age, came back, moved to Dallas, struggled, created chaos, came back to Odessa, got into the oil field, chaos, got married, uh, chaos. Like, I, I just, I never experienced anything that wasn't chaotic. And so uh, something now that I'm paying more attention to, the people that I hang out with, you know, the things that I surround myself with, is it chaotic? And if it is, I don't want no part of it. When I say chaotic, it has to be like, if, if it's bad chaotic, you know, if it's, you know, fighting and, you know, drinking and, you know, dudes who are just like, you know, on a different level of, you know, disrespect towards women and things. I just, I don't want to be around it anymore. I can't be a part of it. And I will no longer be a bystander to to these issues. If there's a homie that's, you know, doing things or struggling, I'm going to call them out and we're going to have that conversation because it's needed. No woman should ever feel how my wife felt in the relationship. It's just, they they shouldn't. Regardless of what I'm going through and, and, and the issues that I'm having, no one should feel that pain, that trauma, that hurt. Because we all deserve to live a good life and to be with people who, who love us. And I think the hardest part for me is she loved me. And I couldn't see it, or I didn't want to see it, or I was so blind to it because if she didn't feel an urge that I had, then she wasn't doing enough for me.
and I let her know. So, if you're struggling with any of these things, you have to go and get help. You have to find out where it's coming from. Why do you feel the need to watch porn? Why do you feel the need to drink alcohol? Why do you feel the need to masturbate? Why do you feel the need to look at every woman and want to have sex with her? Why do you feel the need to step out in your relationship to find something that's in your relationship? All you have to do is stop being an asshole. But it took too much work. So it was easier to drink and watch porn and masturbate and find other women than to do the work to make your spouse feel safe and important and loved while in the relationship. So it is essential for you to get help. This podcast is an accountability podcast, but it's also a podcast where I want to help men become whole and I want to help men become high-value men. And I'm in this process too. One thing that I have stopped, and I can say I am, when this podcast airs, one month sober from alcohol. Alcohol, I thought, was a friend, but it's it's not a friend. It's something that destroys life and people. And I've tried to stop on multiple occasions, but it wasn't for me. It was for other people until I saw how it affected me for real. My eyes were open. I thank God for that. And I I realized, like, this, this isn't something that I can continue doing if I want to be this man that people look up to and say he's a good man. And another thing I stopped doing um, is watching porn and masturbating. When I'm too old, I'm 35, like, I should have a better sense of, like, self-control if I have an urge to jump on a bike, uh, to go uh, work out, to read a book, like, There are other things I can do when I have urges instead of just, like, fall to that urge. And so I essentially am celibate. I do not want to have sex. I do not want to look at women in ways that are disrespectful. I do not want to watch porn. I do not want to masturbate. I I want to get a hold of of this issue, of this problem that I've that I have been dealing with. And in order to do that, I have to stop doing the things that push me more towards it. And so uh so that's why I brought up no nut November. Uh So I've already been in this process of doing it, but if you are someone who is uh, trying to figure out, you know, ways to to stop or to uh, push yourself uh, for the month of November, uh, don't do any of that stuff. 
Uh, now, if you have, if you're in a relationship and you're with your spouse and she wants to have sex, like that is totally fine. But other than that, do not, uh, you know, watch porn, do not masturbate, and you cannot lust. You cannot look at women in a creepy way and want to have sex with her in your mind, but you don't even go talk to her. It's just, it's not good. So uh, some some stats that I think are alarming, um, you know, because a lot of people just assume like, oh, it's, uh, it's just a few people that, you know, deal with this issue of pornography and masturbation and things of that nature. So the average age of a young boy to start watching porn is 10. 10. And this is, you know, before cell phones and stuff. Now we have, you know, these kids have cell phones. And so um, it's the, the access is a lot easier. Uh, so there are 68 million searches that are submitted daily for porn-related uh, queries. So people are searching um, 68 million times uh, on the Internet something related to porn. That is 25% of the daily traffic, search traffic on the internet, 25%. So every single day, 25% of search uh, traffic is something related to porn. Uh, The porn industry makes about $12 billion. Would it be $12 billion a year? And so this is something that not just one or two people watch. This is something that a lot of people watch. And uh, I feel like it is destroying men mentally because they are, you know, they can't think of nothing else but sex. And so I... I have just realized from the age of 10 to the age of 35, I could not move forward in my life because I always came back to sex. It always came back to those urges. And those urges create uh, other urges. And if you have like a negative urge, the only other urges you're going to create are negative urges. And so then you created an urge of like, if I go, if I want to buy something, I'm going to buy it. And I'm not going to, I don't care how much it costs or, you know, how much debt I'm going to be into. Um, if I want to say something, I'm, I'm going to say it because like, I don't care whose feelings I hurt and whose, uh, yeah, whose feelings I hurt. Like it doesn't matter. And so these urges then are created and you become this monster that you never thought you could be. And then you look in the mirror and you, you're confused because you're like, who the fuck is that guy? And it's you. And it's so scary to look in the mirror and not know who's looking back at you. Oh, my gosh. It is frightening but you don't know where to go and in 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 society as a man you don't want to ask for help so even though i was helping other people get their life back on track i didn't want to ask for help I thought it was going to be embarrassing. You know what's more embarrassing? Getting divorced. (laughs) That's more embarrassing. I didn't want to ask for help because I thought I was weak and frail and not a man. And because of that, you fall in this pit of despair of this is my life. This is what it's always going to be. Um, but I knew I, I was meant to to be something. And so that's why, um, you know, I started to do the work. And, and I'm going to continue to do the work because I know that there are some 
people out there that needs it. If it's not men in this day and age, it's young boys that are growing up, um, maybe without a father figure or someone to, to show them like or tell them like, hey, this is not what you need to be doing. So uh, the porn industry makes about $12 billion a year. There is 68 years of porn content uploaded on the Internet right now. 68 years. Um, And stats that, you know, kind of lets me know that I'm not the only person with this issue. Uh, So this is the percent of men who watch porn at least once once a month. And so we're just we're just going to do the monthly. We're not doing a weekly or anything like that. So uh, in the age range of 18 to 30-year-olds, 79% watch it at least once a month. From the age range of 31 to 49, 67%. And from the age range of 50 to 68, 49%. So there are essentially a lot of men dealing with this issue. And because I feel like society kind of wants to keep sex and, you know, sexuality uh, bottled up, it's a dirty little secret that we all hide and we assume like it's normal and that it's okay. And I'm here to tell you that it's not because mentally you aren't capable of grasping and understanding it. Right. And so, and like, again, there are some people who think that it is totally fine, and that's your prerogative. I'm not coming after you. I'm just telling you uh, from my perspective, this is, you know, how I feel, and I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. And so No Nut November is to see if you can uh, refrain from uh, essentially touching yourself, <laughs> I mean, it sounds disgusting, but that's what you're doing uh, from touching yourself, from watching porn, from lusting. Um, And they said that there's some benefits when you uh, when you don't, you know, masturbate, you know, at uh, the drop of the dime or whenever your sexual urges come up and you just don't go out there and 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 take care of them. Uh, So here are some of the uh, benefits of not beating your meat. Uh, so sex becomes better than porn. That was, you know, another issue that I had in the marriage. And I'm pretty sure we're going to, this conversation is going to be talked about a lot. So I'm not going to go into like a lot of details uh, now, but sex becomes better than porn. You get increased energy, uh, real libido. You get self-confidence. Uh, you, you start to enjoy the little things. Uh, you develop a level of self-control. You're not thinking about sex all the time. You have a clear mind to like think about your goals and what you want to accomplish and your why. And I think that's an issue that a lot of men have. We don't know what the hell we want to do. And so we're just running around working our asses off you know, thinking that money and things is what's going to make us happy. And after we get those money and things, we're we're still miserable Um, because we're not thinking clearly. We we just, we want to work and we want to take care of the family and we want to provide, but that's not what we are just meant to do as men. Uh, So uh, you get mental clarity uh, and increased optimism. And, of course, there's things out there that, you know, says when you don't have sex, this is what um, what happens as well. So uh, one more thing, and then I'm just, I'll be done with this podcast uh, for this week. But I, because no one talks about sex, no one knows how to have sex. And I only say that because in doing the research, I realized that 
Two-thirds of women who have sex do not orgasm. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. So that is 67% of women don't have orgasms when they have sex. The percentage of men who orgasm when they have sex is 95. (laughs) So essentially, you know, men are having orgasms uh, at a way higher rate than women. And I think another issue or reason to that is because of pornography, what you see in pornography is the guy is treating a woman any type of way that he can. He's getting his, and then he's done. I want y'all to think of a world where that number was flipped. If women were at 95% orgasms and men were at 33%, the amount of violence, (laughs) I'm just assuming, but the amount of violence that would be occurring because men aren't getting their needs fulfilled in bed would be astronomical. There'd be a lot of angry and upset men walking around here because, you know, essentially their woman isn't taking care of their sexual needs. And so, fellas, you know, if... And again, we'll we'll go more into detail. I'll probably bring my little brother on here and we'll have that conversation. But there are things you can do to make sure that she get hers and you get yours. Matter of fact, you know you're going to be getting yours. Make sure she get hers and then you get yours. And I'm only saying that because I thought I was good in bed my whole entire life. Of course, like most dudes. Any Anytime I bring up this conversation, they're like, oh, yeah, my, my wife baths 100%. And I'm looking at his wife, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, she doesn't, bro. <laughs> like, uh, no one wants to be real about it. But, uh, so, but yeah, I thought I was like, you know, king dangling. I sucked. I'm just going to be honest with you. I I didn't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was... I I sucked. I'm not, yeah, this, we're not going to play no games. Um, and I only started doing the research maybe the last two or three years. And so, um, and so now I've, I've done the research and I know like, okay, this, you know, you know, this is, you know, what needs to be done. Uh, in order for her to have, you know, or, or to get hers. And even after, like, understanding and knowing that information, I was still at, like, 45% because, like, I was selfish. And at the end of the day, I was I was there to get mine. And if she didn't get hers, she didn't get hers. That was her bad. Um, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. looking forward, like, that crap sucks. Like if one person's need is getting met and the other person's need isn't, and it is totally like it, like both people can can orgasm while having sex. Like it does not have to be just one person. Like if the other person takes the time to like listen to her body, and if the if the man takes the time to you know, take his time, and it's not just like a rush thing where we're racing because no one is no one is racing you, uh, and to make sure that you know she's comfortable and that she gets what she needs um, because you'll get what you want. Uh, so, to me, this is an issue that needs to be addressed and addressed often and talked about more. Uh, you know, the issue of of pornography, of masturbation, of of lusting, uh, of sex, of, you know, going outside of your relationship to find something that you can find inside your relationship. Uh, and alcohol is also something, too, but, you know, that's for a different uh, show uh, on this podcast. Uh, so... No Nut November, 
refrain from touching yourself, uh, refrain from watching porn, refrain from lusting, and also refrain from just having sex just casually. Like, okay, cool, you can have sex casually, but let's let's be let's be adults about it. And let's try to push ourselves to not just go out there and uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, because you can. And so the whole point of uh, this challenge is to find mental clarity, to get mental clarity, and to stop the nonsense of being selfish. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's what happens if you continue going down this path. You will become a selfish person, not caring about the other person and, and what it is that she needs in order to be fulfilled. Uh, and that's just not right. All right. So I appreciate y'all for jumping on and listening. I would love to get any comments. I would love to get any feedback. Um, if you are struggling with, with this or if, you know, you're trying to, you know, or you're with someone and they're struggling, um, you know, it's always good to to talk, to sit down, to talk, to express yourself, to get it out. And so I would I would challenge you to to go find some help, to talk to someone, to to jump on uh, you know, my Instagram or my Facebook and just, you know, start a conversation of, you know, other ways that we can help men uh, you know, get out of this uh predicament that we find ourselves in now. All right. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And for daily motivational and up-to-date content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Excellence Above Talent. And remember, keep moving forward, never give up, and you are never alone in this battle. We'll see you next time.